0: Welcome to Five Cats Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is episode four to
1: six. Yeah!
0: <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> 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 I'm going to be sad when we reach 52 and I stop doing this.
1: <laughs> it's going to be great. We can say something like, welcome to the episode and be just as excited.
0: We will be just as excited. <laughs> well, I am excited for today because we went on an, an adventure for this episode. And so I cannot wait to talk about the Witchwoods of Beverly, Massachusetts. Yeah. And we've got some stories to share and some legends and some folklore. It's going to be a
1: great old time. So exciting.
0: But before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of the uh, episode or or tofu and potatoes, whatever your jam is.
1: Lindsay, how was your week? It was good. I finished Game of Thrones. Dope. Yes. Did you have
0: any aha moments?
1: Did I have any aha moments?
0: Any moments where you were like, oh, shit, that's what happened? Or... I can't
1: remember now.
0: <laughs> You've been done for like four days and you're like, over it, moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I remember uh, throughout the week, you did send me a text that, um, and I feel like this is spoiler-free because, you know, Game of Thrones came out forever ago, but you sent me a text that was like, oh my god, Jamie just knighted Brienne, and it was everything I could do to hold back from saying, yeah, but in about 10 minutes, he's going to be the biggest dick ever. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, I have to admit, I got teary-eyed when he knighted her, but it wasn't because It was him knighting her. It was because it was something that she had wanted for so long.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And I was just
1: so happy for her.
0: I was too. I was also very teary eyed. (laughs) To be
1: fair, I never really liked Jamie anyway. And then he just solidified you know, that feeling when he when he took off to go back to his dumb sister
0: <laughs> i kind of liked it uh, to be honest when i think about it now um in like in retrospect i'm like that was kind of a selfless act on all accounts uh, he wanted to be there for the people that he cared about most so he didn't know you know what like whether she would live or die or whatever her situation would be but he gave to her what she wanted most and then went to be with cersei for what she wanted most and
1: who knows what jamie actually wanted I, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I didn't think about it that way. That's, that's the way I choose to interpret it. I'm still Team Brianne. Jude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's not forget it. This yeah, time. I know
0: I'm like sitting here like f- fingering a match <laughs> <laughs> so that I don't forget it. We have um uh, it feels so fitting. Uh, we have a brand new ritual candle for this week. last week's burned right down to the nubbin and <laughs> I had pre-ordered a an actual for our first time ever. An actual spell candle from Beesum, um, which is a great Etsy shop. And this is a beautiful candle, but we're recording a little later in the day. So, like, the sun is sort of setting behind Lindsay. It's a little dusky. It's a little cool. We both got our sweet denim jackets on.
1: Yeah, it actually feels like fall. It feels
0: like fall. It's time for a new candle. Yeah, dude, sweet. totally. I want to see how this one lights. I agree.
1: This one's really cool. It looks... Strong, I guess, is a word that I would describe (laughs) (laughs) or used to describe it. It looks very sturdy. (laughs) And it's really
0: pretty. So with with a new candle, this one is hand dipped and that's the thing that I really love about this one. Uh, it means that not only is the wick a little thicker in and of itself, but it was also covered in wax. So I had to take a second there to <laughs> burn all the wax off. <laughs> but there's a lot of care and attention put in the, into this particular candle, and I'm really excited and honored that we have this one, and and this will be our fall ritual candle for the podcast until it is until it is done.
1: Yeah, I dig it,
0: Lindsay. Yeah. I have a bit of a sad, traumatic plant mouse story. Oh, I almost no. feel like being like earmuffs. Earmuffs, Lindsay. Oh, no. So, this morning, <laughs> Engineer Dan beckons me to the back porch where I have a number of, where we record, and I have a number of potted plants, including some potted herbs. And throughout the night, one of the neighborhood yard cats must have chased a mouse up the stairs and had knocked over a couple of my potted herbs and threw the rails on the balcony (laughs) into the gutter (laughs) below and left me the offering of a dead mouse. Wow. And I don't know whether, at first, my first instinct was, oh, this isn't good. I should just throw this herb away. But I put it back in its pot. (laughs) 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 Um, And I feel like, At first, although it was like, ew, gross, one, dead mouse, two, uh, like, what kind of ruckus and, like, a rando cat is chasing shit through my porch? Uh, Probably, like, traumatizing our poor indoor cats that are like, what are you doing? (laughs) 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 But I've come to terms with it. Uh, You know, throughout the day, I give it a little bit of a thought, and I was like, you know... It, it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice offering. It was a playful piece offering from a neighborhood cat. And so now I'm curious if it was the absolute killer gray one with white patches or the scaredy boy, the black one with the white bib. Frady cat. Yeah. Yeah. So frady I, cat might be a killer. I hope but, it but, was <laughs> frady cat. But with an offering. Oh. Your Your cats never get outside I'm guessing. So like they don't leave you offerings of mice, I'm guessing.
1: Mine don't, no. And we don't really have mice in the apartment. The last mouse that I saw was probably like a year or two ago. And it was, I was taking a shower and it was hanging out on the curtain rod, the like shower curtain rod staring at me. And I looked up <laughs> and it was looking at me and I was like, oh! <laughs> I would have noped right into that. <laughs> I just let it hang out. It, it was fine, and then I left it in there. And <laughs> Brian came home, and he was all upset with me for not putting it outside. He was like, "It was in like, there, terrified that the cats were going to kill it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've, we live with two mousers, Django and and Kenway are definite mousers. We it's a very old, uh, historic property, and so we do occasionally get mice in the apartment. And it's that time of year where it's starting to get cool, so we may have to keep our own little kill count. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I like that the neighborhood cat was like, "Here you go, I'm helping." (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. If you have a a kill count of your own or uh, you want to leave us a little mail offering, you can reach us at 5C2PPod on Gmail or Instagram. Drop us a line. Share your stories. Cat, spooky, cryptid, witchy. Otherwise, send us questions. We will answer them. Um, We love getting mail, and we hope to have a little mailbag episode very soon. So drop us a line. Yeah, dude. Totally. We will be back in just a moment. Talk about the Witchwoods of
1: Beverly. Yeah, we'll see you soon, witches.
0: Hey, welcome back. We are ready to talk about the Witch Woods of Beverly, Massachusetts. And if you are wondering where Bever- Beverly is, it is right next door to Salem. In fact, back in the day of Salem Witch Trials era, it was part of Salem. So Salem was also Danvers and Beverly and all these areas around it was just sort of the the area of Salem. And it's now known as Beverly Commons. It's a beautiful um, conservation area. It's full of diverse wildlife and birds and trees and all of those little things. Little vernal ponds in the spring where you can go and like, look at different types of salamanders and toads and that sort of stuff. Um, got beautiful hiking trails and uh, mountain bike trails. There's a big run there every year. And it's free, open, and in the middle of COVID... It's a beautiful spot to go and hang out for an
1: afternoon, which is what Lindsay and I did. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's uh, what, about 125 acres, I think, of forest, something like that. We had a really nice time. We were horribly hungover.
0: <laughs> so hungover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we we probably could have explored a little more, but at the end of it, I think we did like, what, three miles?
0: Yeah, we did about three miles. And there's so many trails. It's beautifully marked. If you are in the Massachusetts area, I highly recommend it. It's a great day hike. Uh, but... We wanted to go explore because we were specifically looking at haunted hikes in Massachusetts. And the Beverly Commons, or the formerly known as Witchwoods of Salem, are ripe with uh, supernatural occurrences, folklore, spooky tales, all because it stems back to... Um, Either one of two things. In our reading and research, the most common is that during the Salem witch trials, it is said, thought, reported, shared commonly that some of the folks accused of witchcraft fled into the uh, forest, into the witch woods, and hid there from folks that were looking for them. But there are a few accounts that even as early as two decades prior to that, in the 1670s, that trees of the forests were intelligent and malevolent and um, some say that they drew the witches there because of their sort of incarnate power. Uh, The the woods itself was already spooky and magical. Some people even said the trees like changed positions and moved themselves. Um, So that's what drew the witches to those particular
1: woods. So
0: depends on what you believe.
1: That's super cool. I like to think (laughs) that the trees had powers and could move themselves and were ultra spooky and had magical abilities. It's one of the um, most densely uh,
0: populated, I guess, uh, areas in Massachusetts, specifically of hemlock. Yeah. So it's it's a hemlock forest, which makes it a little bit different than a lot of the other areas and woods around as well.
1: Yeah, dude. It was super cool.
0: But uh, there's... There's a lot of different little bits and and pieces of folklore and spooky tales that we wanted to share for this particular woods, and it starts with Giles Corey, who was accused of witchcraft along with his wife uh, during the Salem witch trials, and I'm sure we could do an entire separate episode just on Giles and his wife, but the... Uh, reason that uh, this is sort of known as Witchwoods is that Giles went and head in the forest in order to escape the trials. Uh, he himself is famous in regards to the witch trials because he's one of the few men that was accused of being a wizard, but also because he is famous for entering no plea. So when he was captured and uh, put on trial, the defendant had to a- to declare guilty or not guilty, and he declared no plea. He wouldn't say if he was guilty or not guilty, and they couldn't at that time put him on trial unless he actually declared one thing or another. They got tired of his bullshit, (laughs) and, and he is one of two people in the U.S., who went uh, under the torture of pressing. So they would strip strip the individual naked. So they stripped Giles, they put a plank on top of him, and then they piled heavy stones onto him over the course of three days, increasing the weight. And every time they would go to increase the weight, they would ask, how do you plea? And he would say, more weight. (laughs) And he did not enter a plea. And that is how he died. And... Uh, Some say that that is because he was, in fact, guilty of witchcraft, although he was acquitted of witchcraft uh, a couple of, about 20 years later, I think. But the main reason is likely because once you are on trial for witchcraft, no matter the verdict, all of your property was stripped from you. So he probably was a smart man and assumed that guilty or not guilty at that point, they were going to torture him either way. And he would be eventually punished, um, likely put to death. And this ensured that all of his property and valuables um, stayed in his family because he and his wife had two sons and she had already been uh, she had already been arrested for witchcraft and would hang just a few days later. Oh. So, uh, so he he knew what was going to happen. So he basically did the brave and smart thing to make sure his sons were taken care of.
1: Yeah, that I mean, that's really, really, really smart.
0: <laughs> but he really, you know, beyond the spooky trees themselves, he really helped give this area the name the Witchwoods.
1: Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. My first D&D character, Vachelle, had a horse named Giles, and I named him after Giles Corey. (laughs)
0: Which I (laughs) I found fascinating, because I had no idea. I had never really heard of Giles Corey. I had heard, like, I didn't know the name. I, I, I knew the story of the more weight kind of thing, but... I didn't know the particulars of this individual, and I had no idea. I knew you had this horse, Giles. <laughs> it's like sort of snarky horse, but <laughs> I had no idea that's where it came from, and I think that's adorable. Yeah. It was, I named it after Giles, Corey. wasn't Vichelle a
1: sorcerer? Yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> she was. Awesome. <laughs>
0: Uh, one of the other great stories, uh, very popular, well-documented stories of the Witch Woods, is around the f- sort of fabled. Um, we're not quite sure if it's a hundred percent true or not, but the idea of a, a an abandoned farmhouse called the
1: Homestead. Yeah, dude, the Homestead. So there used to be, I think, a bunch of like mansions and stuff that that were built in the woods and. There was like a mysterious fire and a lot of them burned down. But Caroline Howard King wrote a book called When I Lived in Salem, 1822 to 1866. And it's like a kind of like a diary. It's like a series of thoughts and occurrences of her daily life there. So in this book, she mentions the homestead and she had a summer home that sort of abutted witches woods and it was called Thistlewood so in 1841 she's about 19 years old she decided to go for a walk in the woods with her nine-year-old cousin Nani and a maid that they had called Lucy Ann so they're like walking they're walking after a little while they decided to leave the path and like have a little snack underneath some hemlocks (laughs) Just like a water pig. I
0: was just going <laughs> to ah, I wonder if they're a
1: water pig. <laughs> uh, so they, they, like, have their little snack, and then they go to, go back to the path to, like, go home, and the path has vanished. They can't find it. They're, like, looking around. They're circling the area. The path is not there. They can hear the ocean. They know that they're close to Thistlewood, the how They're their home, but they still can't find the path. So they're circling the area, and they keep ending up back at the same spot underneath this, like underneath these hemlocks that they were they were snacking at. Eventually, they stumbled upon a clearing that had a house that was abandoned. It was basically like the ruins of a house. It had like the chimney was left. There was a cellar hole, and there was a stone, stone stoop with this giant lilac bush growing next to it. They knew this place to be the homestead. It was It was talked about by the neighbors. It was shunned. It was, it was said to be haunted. So they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> That'd be my reaction. Yeah, they're like, this is kind of scary. But they see a path that sort of leads up to the top of a hill right next to it. So they climb to the top of the hill. And from the top of the hill, they can see, like, all across the trees. They can, like, they can, you know, see, like, you know, a pretty far distance. And at, th- at the bottom of the hill, they see a farmhouse. And there's smoke rising from the chimney. And they see a woman come out the door. And she's scattering, like, chicken feed. So they're like, cool. We'll go down there and ask her how to get home. So they send Lucy Ann d- to, like, go and find the place. So Lucy Ann goes down the hill where she thinks is towards this farmhouse and she's circling the hill and she keeps circling it and the farmhouse is not there. So they were like, okay, well this is weird. Fuck. So eventually they ended up finding a dry stream bed and they followed that to the ocean and then were eventually able to find their way back to Thistlewood. Now this dude, James Russell Lowell, he was a writer. He was staying with them at Thistlewood at this time. And he heard their story and he was like, okay, I'm going to go and find this farmhouse. I'm going to go and find the homestead. And he goes to search for it, can never find it ever. And I think he believed that the farmhouse that they saw was sort of like this ghostly image of what was once the homestead.
0: Yeah, that was what I uh, had read as well. And I have to say we kind of went on the hike and hoping to, <laughs> hoping to find the homestead. But yeah. we were very safe and stuck to the paths because we are not hikers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's not a well-documented, like a lot of... Uh, A lot of the haunted wood hikes in the area, especially those with essentially archaeological digs and that sort of thing, have marked on them, you know, here in the middle of the woods off the path is where this thing is. This is not marked there. We know that there were mansions in this particular area in the woods that were built that were ravaged by fire, but nobody knows at this point in 2020, where any of these properties were.
1: Yeah, it's super weird. We did come across a strange stone wall while yes. we were walking. <laughs> we, d- we,
0: did, we did find a strange stone wall, which isn't entirely uncommon, often used to mark Um, property borders or county borders or that sort of thing Uh, and so we didn't again we didn't follow it because we're not hikers and we were hungover we were (laughs) and
1: we were afraid of ticks
0: yeah mostly (laughs) we were more afraid of ticks than ghosts so i think that says a lot about us (laughs) but we did make it all the way up to the top of the hill Essentially, and I didn't really yeah. I didn't really think about that or I, I don't even think I really processed or knew that about the like the hill part, but we walked up uh, randomly. We were like, had a crossroads and we looked at the map and we're like which way should we go and you're like let's go this way and we had no idea it would go up and up and up and up and up and up (laughs) 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 but we walked to the top of the hill the highest point that we know of in uh, after looking at like a topographical map uh later the highest part in the particular um conservation area and we did a little we did a little oracle card reading up there yeah we did And It was pretty funny. (laughs) It was a beautiful little clearing full of all kinds of different kinds of moss, which was really pretty.
1: Yeah, Uh, it was really sunny up there, so the moss was super crunchy. It was
0: very crunchy, but it was all different colors, and it was all different shapes. It was really cool. So we did a little oracle card reading, and um, we asked about the particular place. We asked about the intentions there. We asked about our... Um, Involvement or like what that spot wants of us. And essentially, the reading surmised was, You silly ninnies, go away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like, This is a bad place. Go home and get drunk.
0: Yeah. It was like, (laughs) You look, you're looking for things you're never going to find. We're not talking to you. Go home. (laughs) (laughs) You you silly, frivolous ninnies. We were like, Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) 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 but i like to think that you know upon reflection that maybe uh that was the place where noni and lucy ann and uh, caroline were all hanging out because you could see a fair distance across the woods um, in that particular area and so i'd like to think that's where they were standing when they saw the the farm and the woman and the chickens and the smoke, and we're like, oh, sweet, we're saved. Because after that, I will say after that, uh, that was our, like, okay, sweet. We made it to the top of the hill. And then we were, like, turned to, like, continue to follow the path, and there were definitely several moments on that way down where we're like, the right way?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This way? That way? Wait. (laughs) Did we take the right turn? And we'd, like, go over another rock and see the path and be like, oh, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it got weird because there are definitely, like, trails for people hiking or walking or whatever and then there are definitely trails for people who are mountain biking and it gets a little weird when you take the mountain bike trail because you're like, oh no. <laughs> when, yeah, when you're on foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be lost.
0: (laughs) But we did circle all the way back around, kind of like uh, that little trio did, all the way back around to where we started without knowing it. We followed this whole network of paths. We knew where we were in the path loop the entire time. But when we got back, we were like, oh, shit, this is exactly where we started. And we didn't put that together when we were looking at the map.
1: We shouldn't go hiking. <laughs> yeah, we're not great at hiking. <laughs> we have to remember to stretch next time too.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so that was that's the most popular story of the Witchwoods. But there's a couple other like cool, creepy ones that I love to share as well. Uh, there's a couple of accounts of a headless ghost. So, a gentleman with no head, who are, actually, let me rephrase that. A headless ghost who carries his head under his arm. (laughs) So, he uh has a head. It's just
1: not where it should be. You know, Caroline knew that story, too. And in, in the woods, she was always afraid to run into him. And they nicknamed him Hetty. So they, <laughs> they were always afraid to run into Hedy. <laughs> they never did.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but nobody, like, from all accounts that I read, nobody knew, like, where he came from, how he died, why he had no head. Like, it was just sort of, he... he I feel like somebody saw him, and
1: then it was just word of mouth that he existed. I but was kind of bummed we didn't run into him. I was really bummed, too. But,
0: you know, you can't find a ghost on every every trip. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then the last one that I have is... There's uh, some different types of stories around revolutionary soldiers. So the, uh, the Witchwoods were a training camp for soldiers during the Revolutionary War here in the U.S. And there's two different sort of same vein ghost stories that go with it. The first is that during those training camps, soldiers would see their slain comrades walking through the woods and when they went to talk to them, they would vanish into smoke. Weird. They would also complain of being awoken or disturbed or hearing voices of people laughing, talking, and it would be the voices of their slain comrades. And then like when they went to them, they wouldn't obviously they wouldn't be there. And the third sort of same vein is that Um, Through Even sort of a hundred years after, there were stories of uh, smoke and campfires and the smell and the sight of smoke in the woods and being drawn to those places, thinking that those were encampments where either revolutionary soldiers had trained and camped or where uh, those who sought uh, shelter in the woods were camping and living. And, you know, obviously you follow the smoke, and then there'd be nobody there.
1: Weird. Which I love,
0: because our very first let's-go-off-the-main-path exploration took us up this sort of, like, rocky outcropping. And on top of this rock, big flat sort of rocky plateau, was an actual campfire. Where you could see, like, this wasn't, it wasn't lit, there was no smoke, we weren't drawn to it by, like, laughing voices or anything like that. But... Um, uh, there had been probably some teenagers or homeless guys or whatever, but there had clearly been some like smash beer bottles and a little like ring of a safely built campfire. Yeah, yeah. I will say, in the realm of like hearing voices, The trees themselves make some weird fucking noises. There's a lot of creaks and groans. There's a lot of creaks and groans, trees rubbing together. And there were several types of, I'm going to say birds, but they could have been bugs. I think I even told you at one point, I was like... I just like I hear something really weird over here. Yeah. Where like I thought it was maybe a child's radio or something. It sounded like a mixture of a kid laughing and like static radio. And I heard it a couple of times while we were on the hike. I don't feel like it was a ghost or spooky voices calling to us or anything like that. It really just like it felt like a weird noise that a bug or a bird was making off in the distance.
1: Probably.
0: Yeah. But I could see if somebody was already like super weirded out and disoriented and being like I can't find my way home and like already like in that state hearing those voices
1: quote unquote hearing those noises uh, easily freaked me out. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I didn't hear those same sounds that you did. I heard a lot of birds that I didn't actually see. Ooh, maybe I did hear something. Yeah, you <laughs> might have.
0: <laughs> but we we really went into this hike hoping to get a like hoping to get a good card reading or hoping to get like a spooky feeling, that queasy feeling, Lindsay. That sometimes you
1: get when we like when we were in the graveyard. I did get nauseous, but I was pretty sure it was because <laughs> I was hungover.
0: <laughs> we 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 may have uh, we may have really enjoyed ourselves the previous <laughs> evening, um, dancing on the porch and running through the yard, enjoying some music. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I think that it was a lovely hike. Uh, I think that I would love to go back. It's again, it's absolutely beautiful and I think it'll be stunning in the winter. There's some great pizza and ice cream nearby too. (laughs) There really is.
1: Yeah. Dude. First snow in those woods, I bet is gorgeous. Like before anybody touches it.
0: And I have to say, we were almost disappointed. We were kind of lamenting, like, one, we were proud of ourselves that we completed a hike <laughs> and <laughs> uh, as two non-hikers. And it wasn't all flat. We we had some, like, climb up some rocks and climb down some rocks. And um, we also were sort of like, mm, yeah, I guess we didn't see anything. And as, almost, I swear to God, almost as we were like, well, I guess that's that. We look over to the uh, right side of the path on our way out and just, they like we had walked by this area already looking in the woods and we didn't see it on the way in and on the way out was a little cluster of the strangest white plant that I have ever seen. It was so weird. And I was like, are they mushrooms? Are they flowers? I don't know. I'm going to take a photo, which ended up being a terrible photo. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I'm going to share it with everyone anyway, but it's not an in-focus photo but we got home looked up the plant
1: and they are called ghost pipes so cool such a fitting name for our day in the woods to find this like to find this plant with this name on our like ghost hunt in the woods so cool absolutely so we will be right back to tell you all about ghost pipes yeah see you soon witches <laughs> Welcome back. Hey. <laughs> Hiya. <laughs> so uh, Ronnie was just talking about how at the end of our walk in the witch's woods, we came across this super weird plant. And we had no idea what it was. It was weird. It was like white. It had a little tinge of pink to it. And we were like, whoa, that's super cool. We had no idea what it was. Turns out it's a plant called... Indian pipe or ghost pipe flower, also known as
0: corpse flower.
1: Ooh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it has a bunch of names, but yeah, ghost pipe, Indian pipe, and corpse flower are the three most popular because, duh,
1: they're the three coolest names. <laughs> it was so cool. We were we were both like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: it was so. It's it's such a bizarre looking plant because it is almost entirely pure white. It, uh, it looks more like a mushroom than a flower and it doesn't use chlorophyll to feed itself so it is either pure white or um, like a tinge of pink or sometimes a tinge of gray. Sometimes you can see the black seeds of the flower but it's a single stalk that comes up has one sort of like I don't know hook over <laughs> with a flower head. <laughs> one flower per stem. And they tend to grow in clusters. They're four to eight inches tall. The ones we saw were probably on the four to five inch tall. They were on the shorter side, smaller side. Uh, But they do grow in, like, clusters. And
1: they are really fucking interesting. (laughs) So, if they don't have chlorophyll, that must mean that they don't photosynthesize. They do not. So, how do they get their nutrients? Like, how do they grow?
0: So... (laughs) There was a lot of botany words. I think think that's the right... (laughs) There was a lot of um, seven-syllable words I can't pronounce. But here is my summation of what happens. So, uh, essentially, the the complete above-table abbreviated version of this is they feed on mushrooms. They don't feed on uh, the sugars or whatever that photosynthesis makes... Instead, they rely on a mushroom source. Specifically, they only grow where russula mushrooms are grown. And uh, they trick the mushroom into producing a certain type of sugar that they require to live. And that's again the like the cliff notes version, uh, but essentially they they trick the mushroom to making the sugar. They eat that sugar and it's a very sort of like almost parasitic symbiotic kind of relationship. Yeah, I
1: was going to say they're parasites. They're a
0: parasite on a parasite. It's so <laughs> weird. So they are they themselves uh, the ghost flower or sorry ghost pipe is not a mushroom but it is akin to a mushroom and it survives very similarly to a mushroom because it makes a mushroom do all of its work for it <laughs> and feed it. It's a lazy flower. It's a lazy flower <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but these um, these are, uh, so they are both common and uncommon. So they grow all across the U.S., almost the entire U.S., minus uh, arid or desert-like areas because they require moisture and most commonly dead foliage, they grow where mushrooms grow. So they need a lot of dead leaves, and hemlock groves are a great place for that because the way hemlock trees grow, uh, they sort of like net together at the top and block a lot of sunlight. So it's prime real estate for mushrooms, hence uh, these corpse flower, ghost pipe, Indian pipe, uh, flowers. We did see a lot of mushrooms. We saw a ton of mushrooms of all different types, but uh, yeah, that's that's essentially what they need to grow. And they are, although they are common across the U.S. in terms of the range in which they grow, they are very in and of themselves rare. It is very unusual to see some. They are very rare. They are, um, har- they have been over harvested, especially in the last 10 years, because people started documenting and then not only documenting, but like we're going to do, talk about the uses. And the minute you start talking about the uses in combination with an increased interest across the U.S., on homeopathy or natural medicines or uh, herbal medicines people have started picking them and not understanding that just because you see something talk about something or know something means that it's good or safe to harvest they do not grow back they are like lady slippers oh if you pick them that is it because you cannot transplant them they they need that symbiotic relationship with the mushrooms and the soil in that specific moment to to thrive and prosper, seed and grow. So you can't like dig it up and move it because whatever was feeding that mushroom isn't there. Oh, wow. So whatever like sparked the mushroom, whatever that sparked the spark, that sparked the mushroom, that sparked <laughs> the flower, like none of that is, the minute you remove it from its ecological system, it's done. So you can't, like a lady slipper, you can't pick
1: it. And expect it to grow back. Crazy, dude. Now, I know that you found a ton of uses for this plant. Oh, but my I, gosh. But I've got to ask. <laughs> can you smoke, can you it? smoke can it? smoke it? You sure can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, man, I'm both happy and sad I didn't pick one. I really wanted to. Uh, so... I'm glad we didn't, because they don't grow back, and because they are rare, and because I really think it was special that we saw them. Yeah, I feel really honored. Uh, And and there are a ton of uses for it, and you can dry it, grind it up, smoke it. It is a substitute for opium.
1: Ooh, I uh, am
0: not an opioid user. I have, to my recollection, never used an opioid. And I'm not like dying to try one, but at the same time, there's a little part of me that's like, damn, I could have like dried up a ghost flower and smoked it. Like, I I kind of wanted to try it.
1: It could have been maybe the worst thing to smoke while (laughs) we're recording. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they are, uh, they are smokable. Uh, but there's a lot of other cool uses for them And again I'm going to like throw this out there. not only are we not doctors uh, we don't have any formal training in herbal medicine we do some we do some reading and some internet research but we like to share cool things that we find. Uh, in this particular case, unlike mullein or mugwort or, you know, any of the number of things, colt's foot or whatever, like, most of the things that we've talked about so far, it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Go, like, if you're so inclined, take your own risks. Go find it, pick it, try it. On this one, I'm really saying no. Like, it's unkind to the plant. They, they are so delicate And you are truly, if you pick and smoke this, even as much fun as it might be to try, you are killing that plant. You are, like, its essence, its, like, complete relationship with that piece of earth, you are destroying that forever. So, I wouldn't. Knowing that and feeling that way, personally feel comfortable smoking something that might make me a little high. <laughs> or more than a little high. <laughs> or fuck with my nervous system. <laughs> that seems like a bad trip. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in terms of things that they can be used for, they are an antispasmodic. Which is the most common thing that I can see that they're used for in my readings. And an antispasmodic is essentially they're used for things like ep- uh, epilepsy, nervous fits, convulsions. Um, they, they will fuck with your nervous system. Uh, they are hypnotic. That sounds fun. Ooh, wow. <laughs> uh, they are a nervine. They mess with your nervous system. They are a sedative and they are a tonic. Um, they're used to treat, again, things like epilepsy, convulsions, fits, um, anxiety, PTSD. They're uh, pretty, like, common for that. Also, a bunch of other random things. So eye issues, you can take uh, fresh um, fresh uh, flowers and sort of grind them into a pulp and strain the juice out and use it as an eye drop. I don't recommend, again, not recommending anybody actually try this. What does that do for your eyes? I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's supposed to clear eyesight issues. Okay. <laughs> was what I read. <laughs> uh, on more than one source, but still, that was as far into it they went. Uh, <laughs> they can relieve bunions. So oh. if you grind up the fresh flower um, and, and sort of make a poultice with it and put it on your bunions, um, it's supposed to relieve bunions. And it's also a pretty common uh, tea. For reducing colds, uh, the impact of fevers from like colds and flu. Oh, cool! So there's like there's some cool medicinal uses there, but again, I really feel that that's like a, a last ditch effort. There's so many other plants that you can harvest that do the same thing for those really medicinal things that I would I would feel happier if people chose something else and not. This very delicate ecosystem plant. Yeah, dude, totally. I did um, also find a really cool legend, which also sort of built into my like lesson desire to actually try it. Yes. Okay. We love legends. Okay, so uh, this is a Cherokee legend. And the legend goes that long ago, when selfishness was first introduced into the world, people began quarreling. First with their own families, then with their their neighbors, and then tribes with neighboring tribes. And so the chief of several um, Cherokee tribes all met to resolve the problem of quarreling. They were like, the fuck, this is a problem, let's fix it. And when they met, they decided to sit down and smoke the peace pipe together. Uh, But they hadn't resolved the problem. They were still quarreling. While they were smoking, and they continued to quarrel and smoke for seven days and seven nights. And as punishment, the great spirit turned these chiefs into gray flowers and made them grow where their friends had quarreled. And that is what the peace pipe flower is. Or sorry, Indian pipe flower (laughs)
1: I mean, if I were the great spirit, I'd be kind of irritated that these dudes were just sitting there getting high while everybody was pissed <laughs> off at each other, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the, I don't know a lot about peace pipe traditions. I but, don't either. But I'm gathering the... Uh, Purpose of it is like after you've resolved, like almost like a celebration after you've resolved your differences. You are at peace with this person. So you are breaking bread with them. You're sharing something of yours with them like harmoniously. And if you are not at peace with someone and you like put on the airs of like peace pipe, even though you're still bickering behind their backs. No good. (laughs) You're a flower now. (laughs) But yeah, I, I think they're fascinating and they're beautiful. And I am a sucker for poetry and although not everyone's cup of tea, I really like Emily Dickinson. They were also Emily Dickinson's favorite
1: flower. Really? Yep. I also love Emily Dickinson.
0: Uh, yeah. So
1: She was cool.
0: I, I'm a fan and I I love these l- weird little mushroom like flowers. These weird little trickster flowers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They're super cool. I I, th- I think it is well documented on this show that flowers are sassy. Oh
0: uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> As it <laughs> pertains to uh, what they do
2: to get the bees coming around and what, what yeah. they're doing to get the mushrooms coming around, they are they're, they're
0: oh. they are the boss ladies look, of the world. Look out <laughs> <up laughs> the flowers <Sure> are. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was. I think that it was a really nice end to our hike when even though we didn't know it at the time, when we reflected on like later I got home and excitedly texted Lindsay was like, Oh my god, they're actually ghost flowers and look at their corpse flowers and oh and when you pick them they turn black too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, it was just it felt right. We went into the woods looking for ghosts. We didn't find any ghosts. We found ghost flowers. I mean, like how much cooler is that? Like it, it just, it felt right. It felt like a nice little, like the woods was like, you silly nitties, you weren't actually going to see any ghosts. <laughs> go home, have another beer. We know that's what you want to do. Okay. But, but here's some ghost pipes. <laughs> we still like you. Come back. We'll give you something. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'd recommend if you're in the, uh, again, if you're in the area, you want to go check out the Beverly Commons, or formerly known as the Witchwoods or Witchy Woods, Go check that
1: out. Yeah, dude. Totally. I plan on going back. Yeah, I would love to. Absolutely.
0: All right. We will take a little break and come
1: right on back. We will see you soon, witches.
0: So we hope you enjoyed our little expedition into the uh, witchwoods of Beverly, and we're we're very excited and hopeful to try and do a few more like little day trip uh, expeditions around. Especially here in the Massachusetts area, where it's you know safe enough while it's safe enough, uh, where we can socially distance still and uh, feel good about that. But if you have a suggestion, you want to drop us a line. You can again reach us at five C two P at Gmail or on Instagram. Happy to explore um, different areas of the the state. Almost called it a province. <laughs> <laughs> Commonwealth. We're a, com- we're a yeah, Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, also wanted to just remind you that if you haven't signed up for a little pussy package and you'd like to, you still have plenty of time. Um, We're going to do this all through the month of September. So if even if you've gotten one and you're like, "Fuck it, I want another one," <laughs> I, I don't know, I'll put new <laughs> things in there. <laughs> or you can you don't have to send it to yourself. You can send it to a friend, a loved one, a coworker, somebody that you know you just want a little give give a little oomph to. Send us a little message. Drop us a line. Uh, we do need an address to send it to, but it doesn't have to be yours. So we'd love to support the postal service here, and we'd love to send you a little, a little smile in the mail.
1: Yeah, we have so many things to give. Speaking of things
0: to give, <laughs> <laughs> I am very curious what's going on with Panda Corner. So oh, am I,
2: Panda. <laughs> panda corner, yeah. Okay, so panda corner is going to be very brief this week, guys, and that is a good thing. What is happening is Mama Panda is eating, and Mama likes some watered down apple juice.
0: <laughs> watered down apple juice, some, <laughs> so cute. Some,
2: she's really into some leaf biscuits.
0: Oh, she's getting down
2: with some sugar canes and some bamboos. As a panda do, the baby is crying a lot less when Mama puts her down. So now. We're gonna go on a panda corner hiatus. No news is good news because we're now about ooh five to seven weeks away from uh determining the sex or the gender. Oh, I
1: got really excited because you said when Mama puts her down. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's my gender reveal theory. Okay.
0: Ah, you think it's yeah, you
1: think I it's think, gonna be a, I think a it's girl?
2: A I think it's a lady panda. Oh <laughs> <But>. <laughs> What
1: do you think, Lindsay? I mean, I have no idea. Well, again, I don't even think I could begin to guess. Mm, but
0: th- th- so this uh, Meijing's
1: last um, uh cub was a male.
2: Oh. She said dudes and and ladies.
1: I mean, I feel like engineer Dan probably knows pandas better than the rest <laughs> of us, so I'm going to jump on team Dan and go and go. Little gal panda. All right. All right.
2: And I'm happy to be wrong. Do not get me wrong. Nothing wrong with either direction, but I'm just feeling Lady Panda. <laughs> 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 so we'll, uh, we'll, I'll get back at you once that is revealed or if anything of particular interest happens. But right now we're just kicking it and Panda is happy and healthy and everything's going great.
0: I love it. I feel like the this cub has reached the uh, the point in which I also kind of lose interest in babies. <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> oh my god, you had a baby! Look how cute. Okay, now we've re- like settled into a routine, and we're just eating and crying and pooping. Cool. Call me when it does something interesting
1: yeah, <laughs> over it. <laughs>
2: panda don't need you guys. You? <laughs> Panda's gonna panda.
1: <laughs> I still want to give it a little forehead rub and a smooch nose. on the nose. <laughs> well, a, you know,
2: actually in in about, you know, a week or so you could give it a little forehead rub because it's going to go from the coarse baby hair to like the fluffy sort of w- like actual panda fur. <laughs> oh.
0: So that is going to happen very soon. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, we look forward to a panda update when there is official news Good, bad, or otherwise Uh, But until then, we'll just assume that no news is good news And everyone is carrying on and enjoying their lives But you can always check out the panda cam on the Smithsonian Zoo uh, live feed If you are interested in checking in on Mama Panda Yeah, Sweet Well, Lindsay, Ronnie, we've done it we did it. It's a whole new episode, <laughs> 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 and uh, I am so glad that we had a chance to not only go on an expedition, but um, continue our theme for this particular fall as we roll through September into October. We're going to continue to bring you uh, spooky, uh, spooky things. Not you, Lindsay. You, the spooky. listeners. <laughs>
1: Spooky, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spooky <laughs> themes and and ghost stories and monster mashes and whatever our hearts desire. But if you, again, if you have something that you want us to talk about, if you have a particular story you want to share, drop us a line, 5C2P pod. Until next week, remember, no pervs, no Nazis. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Panda!